0: Welcome to the Tailblazers podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Tailblazers podcast.
1: Who are we? You may wonder. Let's start by introducing us. Rich, you start.
0: Uh, Hi, I'm Rich. Um, I'm an outdoor leader and a teacher and a geologist and I'm one of the co-founders of Tailblazers.
2: Uh, Kev, how about you? Yeah, I'm Kev. I'm the Chief Storyteller and Balladeer of Tailblazers. And Victoria.
1: I like culture, heritage, at Torbay and as well as the community. Next question. Who are Tailblazers?
0: Well, um, Kev and I have known each other for a really, really long time. Um, we first met in Cubs, so what would it have been, Kev, about seven, eight years old?
2: Yep, yeah, so we're looking at more a very long time probably more than we want to admit
0: yeah 20 plus years certainly oh at Um, least (laughs) (laughs) we, we we've both always been interested in like folklore and heritage and stuff like just being in the outdoors I mean I can't count the number of walks that that Kevin and I have been on um and we've worked together and we've hung out together and all kinds of stuff um and about 15 years ago, I was doing some some outdoor work, and Kev came out and he did some storytelling for us. And I'd always known what a fantastic storyteller Kev was, but I'd never really seen him in action until that point. Um, and the way that Kev like brings stories alive is just incredible. And I guess probably for the 15 years since, just every so often we've gone, "Oh, we should really get that idea going. We should get Tailblazers started." And uh, it's just never kind of happened until now, I suppose.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been um, well. Obviously, things have been very difficult for people over the last year and a half or more. Um, And, you know, your common way of earning your crust, people's livelihoods, they've had to change, they've had to adjust. And we thought this was the perfect time to actually... Get on this and, and and give it a go. And we both share an incredible love of the outdoors. Um, we're going to talk about that a, a little bit later on, aren't we? About how how that sort of grew. Because I don't think it grew um, between us together. I mean, we did Cubs together, we did various things, but we did lead fairly separate lives, probably until secondary school, um, where where we we, we weren't even in the same house, but we 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 joined over a love of 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 a type of storytelling, role playing.
0: We we, well, we did um, we did get married at one point as well
1: but that's a different story. Oh yes story. yeah. Yeah.
2: We should yeah, talk about that another
0: yeah. time probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice bag. Thank you for sharing. Uh,
2: so yeah, we I mean we we you were into um uh role-playing games before I was. I remember that. I remember you introduced me to um the the Lord of the Rings the Middle-earth role-playing game. Yeah, yeah. And and that because I think we were both reading fantasy literature and stuff like that at the times, but I think that really, really kind of got me into the storytelling thing. Which is, when you're a, a, when you run these games, you have to create a very vivid, very imaginative environment for people to exist in. So it's really where I cut my teeth, and I've got Rich to thank for it because he was the person that introduced me to this this format.
0: And reading those kinds of books, I was always really into characters like Aragorn, you know, Strider, and he was always like, across the moors and finding wild ways and all this kind of thing. And that that whole kind of rich heritage that Tolkien built up, I find quite inspiring as well. Um, so yeah, so I mean, this year we we just decided it was time to give it a go. I think there's a real um, a real appetite among people to know more about their folklore, about their heritage, particularly to go outdoors and just find the stories behind these amazing places and um and i just think it's a great time to be doing it
2: absolutely one of the one of the things that we we stress whenever we visit anyone to do our things is, is just how lucky we are to live in this part of the world i mean Torbay, torquay dartmoor it's full of stories it's got so many stories and beautiful places in which to hear those stories
1: what's your best highlight or memory or story of dartmoor kev
2: oh gosh there's so many um but I think, I think my love of Dartmoor started very early, probably about the time Rich and I met, but it wasn't anything to do with Rich. Sorry, dude. Um, but it, it was uh, my best friend at the time, Darren White. Um, his father was the community copper, and I'm pretty sure Rich would have met him at some point because uh, he did all the uh, primary schools. He also came to 11, uh, Ninth obey Cubs. He did the very memorable... Um, Traffic safety uh, uh, thing with a Sinclair C five. Do you remember that? Yeah, I
0: vaguely remember that.
2: Yeah. Well, that 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 was um, that was Steve uh, Steve White, the community oh, wow. copper, and uh, and his his son Darren was my best mate. And at the weekends, Darren and his little brother Malcolm would go up with their their parents to Dartmoor, and they'd take me with them, uh, which I'm sure my mother was really pleased about. And it was a um, amazing spot. I don't know the spot. I've got a feeling it must be between sort of two bridges, Prince Town area. Kind of makes sense, I think, with what with him being in the force. Probably most likely to know that area of Dartmoor better than than, than other parts. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> but um, what uh, what this spot that he they picked out? It just stuck. it stuck in my mind. It's stuck in my mind for thirty five years. There was an elevated area, which was your standard sort of grazed Dartmoor area. Lots of um, short green grass, ferns. And Karen and and, uh, Steve would get out the sun lounges. They'd sit down in the sun. But about 20 yards down the slope, there was a stream. A stream that ran through a small, uh, like, copse. Not not even, didn't deserve the name wood. There just wasn't enough trees. But there were some trees, more than you find in a lot of parts of Dartmoor. And this wonderful stream that ran straight down it, and the best part of the stream was that there was a narrow point that a few industrious young boys could pile a few rocks against. And that would cause the rest of the, the, the stream behind it to swell up and fill up, and within about an hour, you had a perfect like swimming hole that three under ten boys could quite happily splash around in and spend the whole day in. And, and I mean, it was magical. It, it was amazing. And I don't think I, I I don't know if I ever said how truly grateful I was to, to Darren's family for inviting me up on those days. But even now, 35 days, uh, 35, 35 years later, um, they are some of my most treasured memories. Sadly, I, I lost contact with Darren. Uh, we went to very different secondary schools. But um, if you're out there, Darren, cheers, mate.
0: It's a fantastic story, Kev.
1: Amazing, absolutely amazing.
2: Pretty much my earliest memory of uh, of going up on Dartmoor Richard. Um, but I think your favourite story is a bit more up to date, isn't it? You tell us about that.
0: Yeah, well, a bit more up to date. I mean, we're still um as many of my stories are at my age, going back fifteen years. Um, and it also involves a best friend, but not uh, not this not you again, Kev. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this one involves a friend of ours, uh, Graham, and his son, Jack. Hi, Graham. Hi, Jack. I'm sure you'll be listening to this. Um, and about 15 or so years ago, um, Graham asked me for some advice on where to go and wild camp on Dartmoor. And, um, and I'd found, a couple of weeks before, just the most incredible spot out the back of a place called Sheep's Tor. And Sheep's Tor is a really kind of high, uh, rocky tour that overlooks Borotor Reservoir. The views from there are amazing. You can sit up on top and watch the sun And it's just the most stunning place. Um, I actually had my night ruined by a uh, pony that attacked me in the middle of the night. But that, again, is another story. But even so, um, the spot was just the most amazing place. So when Graham got in touch and said, hey, I want to take Jack out, who was, I guess, about eight or nine at the time. "Um, I want to take him out wild camping. Can you recommend any spots? I was like, yeah, there is just this most amazing place at the Bag of Sheep store. So Graham and Jack went out there. They carried all the stuff on their bag. They put their little tent in the edge of the woods, roughly where I'd uh, roughly where I'd suggested. And that night, I took a hike up. Um, it was about two or three kilometers from the road. I hiked up there, pitch dark, across the moors, and I found these guys huddled in their tent, and uh, and they were just having the most fantastic time. They were both sat there with a nice cup of hot chocolate. It was a beautiful starry night. You know, one of those nights when you look up and there's like a billion stars there and the Milky Way is like streaming across the middle of the sky. And it was just one of those nights. And, um, and it was like dad and son in their little tent, just having their moment. And it was just like the most incredible buzz to be there. And then uh, then Jack went to sleep. He snuggled up with his dad, went to sleep. So I pulled a couple of beers out of my bag that I bought up. And Graham and I just sat under the stars and we had a few, you know, we had a couple of beers each. We told each other stories about the stars, about the constellations we knew. And it was just amazing just to be sat there, you know, spending time with an old friend and just like catching up and and hanging out. And I kind of, I was doing my outdoor ed stuff then. And I was teaching kids on 10 tours and, and Duke of Edinburgh and that kind of thing. But it was the first time that I kind of, I really got the power that the outdoors has to like create friendships and bonds between people. And just to give everybody that like space for their like emotional health and mental well-being and all those things. And it really does bring people together and um, storytelling as well. You know, and if you can combine those things, it's a really, really powerful force. So um, that one evening had a really, really profound impact on me. So uh, Graham and Jack, thank you for inviting me.
2: Excellent. I think something you said there something about the, um, the combination... And I think that's very much what Tailblazers is about. It's it's about combining that love of the outdoors and the way it affects people, the way it makes people just shine. And also then bringing in that cultural capital of the area around us and getting to know those stories, getting to know those myths and legends. So it's even more personal, even more important to you. Um, fantastic stuff. Um, uh, Victoria, as someone who's only recently come to the area, um, could you perhaps tell us uh, something, you know, some experience you've had with Dartmoor?
1: Well, yes. So, not well, I've been living here for seven years now, and Dartmoor is one of those places that the magical mystery of Dartmoor, and you want to go up there and hike around and and just discover and explore. And that's something I guess from a Swedish heritage we love to do and and love nature, of course. So that's somewhere I always go when I can. Um, So my story was probably a bit more recent, both of yours to be honest, is just last year. And uh, what we did was, I was going up early in the morning. It was me and my partner. and We, we thought, let's go to Dartmoor, let's go to Haytor, and watch the sunrise over Torbay, and it was wow. just this magical experience because it was dark when we left Torquay. Obviously, in the morning was probably around six o'clock. Drove up to Haytor and and climbed up to the to the. Um, top of that and just sat there and waited and then you can see the sun just starting to peer over the horizon and then suddenly you know all this golden just colored the the nature around us and it was just truly magical to see this and you could just realize and then get the feeling of how people felt living on Dartmoor many thousand years ago and just having that epiphany and that experience every morning and the sun rising and I think that was the truly magical moment for me, to be honest, and something that I would like to do again, but it's a very early morning, to be honest.
0: It sounds absolutely fabulous. I mean, I must admit, I've seen far more sunsets than I have sunrises. You have to try it. What's really interesting is that all the experiences we've shared are quite different. And I think that's really what Tailblazers tries to do. Uh, We're trying to capture the spirit of all these fantastic experiences that people have when we're in the outdoors. We should maybe talk about some of the things we've done. Um, So, Child the Hunter was a great kind of Dartmoor legend that we investigated. Um, Kev, you wrote a ballad on that one. And then we took the hike up to Child's Tomb, which was in the middle of of Dartmoor, somewhere near Princetown. Um, What did you think of that little trip, Kev?
2: well i thought it was just about worth the effort to get there it, it, i mean it, it is an amazing monument but it's not an easy trek by any stretch of the imagination certainly certainly not in the conditions that we did it in uh where it was far too wet and far too boggy um but it was it was still it was a great achievement once we got there um we're, we're doing the workshops for, for that in schools um we've had great uh response great feedback um people uh, have asked for more blood and gore but i'm not entirely sure how much gorier we could make that story it does involve disemboweling our whole horse um but um yeah and we've also been working really closely with Tor abbey which is amazing um rich tell, uh, tell us how, how how did we get involved with that in the first place
0: yeah i mean Tor abbey have just been fantastic so um anybody at Tor abbey if you're listening thank you so much um they've been really welcoming Um, and they've let us do some really really amazing workshops there so uh, looking forward to more of that in the future Um, if you're with a school and you are looking for a great storytelling workshop with some local history at Tor Abbey give us a shout because we're well up for doing more of those Uh, social media as well so we're we're all over the social media we did a video of Child the Hunter on YouTube Um, Victoria's been busy with what is it Instagram
1: all kinds isn't it it's it's Twitter it's Facebook it's Instagram it's a bit of everything to be honest just to get out in different channels and hopefully we catch uh, different audiences in those different channels so you know anything we do we post it and we share it on social media we also have a blog don't we on our website so if you want to find our website then uh, please do and then find the blog section and you can read about all kinds of things there can't you
0: absolutely Uh, one of the things on the blog is the uh, Charleston heritage map that we've been working on so we've been working on a, a heritage route around Charleston, uh, featuring some of the like key historic buildings in that part of Torquay. Um, so that's been really good fun as well. Yeah, we've we've been quite busy, haven't we?
2: Indeed, we have. And there's lots more to come as well. We've just had some great news. We're on the uh, NANAZ. What does NANAZ mean the again, remind me?
0: <laughs> the National Navigation Award Scheme have just authorized us to do their awards so that's another great thing so yeah all kinds of great things going on with with tailblazers and now a podcast as well i mean who'd have thought Ooh. we'd have got this far oh,
2: no. and, and, and you haven't even mentioned john muir John muir? i was gonna
1: say john muir. john muir as well we had a great day didn't we on dark day with the john muir award family award wasn't it with a couple of families turning up and we just had a, a great day didn't we there?
0: Absolutely. Loads of great environmental education activities and storytelling. So I think the program for that's going out really soon as well. So if you haven't heard about the John Muir with Tailblazers yet, that should be on our website by the time you hear this.
1: It's a great opportunity to get in touch and just inquire. We can, do, we can potentially do most things as long as it's somewhat tailored to any specific needs that you want. So just get in touch and we'll see what we can do, really. Well, that's it for the first episode of the Tailblazers podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening.
0: And uh, please don't forget to subscribe if you want to get new episodes in the future. We're going to leave you with some words from one of our favourite authors, Sir Terry Pratchett. Everything's got a story in it. Change the story.
2: Change the world.
0: Goodbye! Goodbye! Tailblazers is a community interest company set up to celebrate the folktales of South Devon and Dartmoor. For more information about us please visit our website at www.tailblazers.org.uk. See you next time.